Good morning, good morning. We've made it to another Sunday. Happy Sunday. Let's have some countdown music as we get ready for Weightless in Mind, Body, and Spirit. Good morning, good morning, good morning, and welcome to Weightless and Mind, Body, and Spirit with your host, Dr. Carol Penn, who am I, doubly board certified, actually triply board in family medicine, osteopathic manipulative medicine, and obesity medicine. I'm also a master movement meditation and mindset coach, three-time best-selling author, oh my goodness, wife, mother, sister, daughter, lover, citizen of the global community. Good morning. Welcome Ubuntu. We have such an exciting show for you today. We're talking about transformation. We're talking about the impact on our health and mind, body, and spirit of some of the things that are going on in the world right now. And my special guest today she calls herself a human scientist. I have the deep honor of calling her friend. She calls herself a coach. I have the deep honor of knowing that she is a transformation mix master. You know, so she she she's the DJ, she's the architect, she's the orchestrator of transformation and influence. And I'm going to bring her beautiful, beautiful, beautiful face on camera so I can just share just a, a snippet of her biographical information with you because I love to watch my, my guests kind of blush as they hear back their accolades in real time. And as always, I'll be welcoming you our guest on on air. So let's go ahead and let's bring her on camera right now. She's in the green room. Are you ready? Drop it in the chat if you are ready to meet the amazing, my friend, my sister, Dr. Rita Anita Linger. Ah, there she is. There she is. There she is. There she is. Welcome, Dr. Rita. So let, let me just give you a little snippet. Dr. Rita Anita Linger is a human scientist and the executive executive director of Recovery Communities of North Carolina, RCNC Raleigh, North Carolina. And this is a statewide organization that provides direct services and training programs and technical support, mentoring to those struggling with substance use disorders, their family, families, allies, and providers of services. She is also senior supervisor and faculty at the Center for Mind-Body Medicine, Washington, DC. She has worked as a mind-body therapist, educator, and trainer within community and addiction recovery, building healthy communities across the country, and has worked as an academic researcher, senior multi-million dollar grant reviewer, consultant, and advocate within government, legislative, and community systems both nationally and internationally, advocating on behalf and working with those suffering from chronic illness, healthcare disparities, substance use disorders, and co-occurring disorders, their families, allies, and other support systems. And that's just a snippet. That's just a snippet. She's also a fun fact about her. She is, you know, she's a wife and a mom. And she is the mother of some beautiful four-legged friends that she is passionate about. Some old guys and some young guys. And the young guys are in puppy training camp as we speak. Welcome, Dr. Rita Anita. Well, thank you, Dr. Carol Penn, for such a wonderful introduction. I'm thrilled to be here this morning. Uh, and use me in whatever way you feel you want to. I'm here to, to receive and I'm here to give. Well, beautiful. We're just going to ask that the spirit come down and come through and use us both 
to share a word on what our audience needs to receive this morning. And we're, we're even going to do some embodiment practices, but let's first welcome everybody so they can join in with us. How does that sound? That's wonderful. All right. So we welcome Miss Linda. Good morning. Hashtag meditation. Hashtag meditation nation. Happy Sunday. Yes. Good morning. Good morning, Miss Sharon. Happy Orthodox Easter for those celebrating. And we're all just going to take a page of celebration from that notebook, right? Good, good morning. Good morning, Sir Patrick. Sunny and gorgeous in Indianapolis. <laughs> Good morning, good morning, Miss Rebecca. Hashtag Meditation Nation, hashtag Beloved Community. Good morning, Germany is in the house. Good morning, Dr. Rafaela. Yes, yes, yes. Good morning, good morning, Miss Nicole. Yes, Indianapolis is in the house. Good morning, Dr. Wu. Great morning. Glad to receive you both. My goodness, we, oh, Gambia is in the house. Good morning, Miss Victoria. Looking forward to a great show. Good morning, Mr. Aubrey, Sir Aubrey. Good morning, Miss Mandy. So the audience is up. They're here. They're ready to share. They're ready. They're they're ready to, to, to get it going. And that is so exciting. That is so exciting. All right. All right. So as always, let's just take a few deep breaths together. And I am going to invite everyone to do that with us. So we are really ready to just flow, flow, be in connectivity and flow. All right. So I'm going to ask everyone, go ahead, place both feet on the ground, just where you are. You can sit, stand up, or if you want to lie down and center that awareness of connectivity through your feet, go ahead. So this is a grounding practice just to be aware, become aware of sensations that might be arising from the center of your feet. See if you can be aware of being centered evenly on your sitting bones as you settle into the throne of your own well-being. You're sitting upon the throne of your own well-being as you're presencing awareness and sensation. Go ahead and look up and be aware of what's above you and presence that sensation. Go ahead and look down and be aware of what is beneath you. Really see it, really notice. Go ahead and look over the right shoulder and be aware as you breathe. Let's presence and be aware of the breath, deepening the breath. Turn and look over the left shoulder. Come into awareness of what's over your left shoulder. Now go ahead and look behind you. First to the right behind you. Become aware, presence, what is around you. Turn and look over the opposite shoulder. Again, becoming aware and present to what is around you. Place your hands on your heart. If that feels comfortable, close your eyes if that feels comfortable, or you can help hold them open softly, letting the light in, helping to wake up the frontal lobes. And let's take a deep breath in and exhale. Take a second deep cleansing breath in and exhale. Take the biggest, deepest breath you've taken all day so far, all morning or all afternoon, depending upon where you are in the world. Deep breath in. Ah, and let it out. Let it out. So beautiful. And again, welcome. So Dr. Rita Anita, what do you notice after doing something like that, we, what we might call a centering activity? What does that make available to you? Oh, it, it, the wonderful thing about breathing, just that simply and just for that short period of time, 
helps to bring you to center. It actually impacts your physiological functioning in real time. It just takes a minute or two. The sense of calmness, the sense of peace, the sense of focus and awareness is enhanced just in that short period of time. Every time you do it. So for the old veterans like Dr. Penn and I who have a practice, you don't need to have a practice to experience this in such a short period of time, but it'll make you want to develop a practice. Absolutely. So good for your body. It's wonderful, wonderful for the body. So one of the things, let me see, I want to uh, stop this tickler here. My goodness, my, uh, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? I'm not going to worry about it in a minute. I'm going to just let it go. However, one of the things that, there we go, that um, I want us to, you know, step into awareness around, we're going to do some tough stuff this morning. We're going to have a challenging conversation and we're going to take a look back a couple hundred years and we're going to take a look forward a couple of hundred years. And I'm going to share these three statements. And as I share these three statements, hopefully the conversation that um, Dr. Rita, Anita, and I are going to have are going to occur on four levels of awareness. So first, the awareness of self. Where do you feel this? Where is this impacting you? Number two, awareness of the community. Number three, awareness of institution, what's happening within institution, and number four, awareness on the policy level. And this is a space that I'm inviting those who are ready to step into those four levels of awareness. So now let's go back to the year 1862. And we have something in this United States government called the Chinese Exclusion Act of actually, I'm sorry, 1882, Lord, need my glasses, was the first major law restricting voluntary immigration to the United States. And immigration has been centered in our news very much lately, hasn't it? It banned all immigrants from China for 10 years, prohibiting Chinese immigrants from becoming American citizens and restricted the entry and re-entry of Chinese nationals. And right now, today, we have all this anti-Asian violence occurring, correct? Then let's go, let's look at 1863. In the midst of the Civil War, Confederate Congress declares black union soldiers criminals and authorizes their enslavement or execution. And fast forward today, you know, our, our, our pre-K to prison pipeline boot camp. And I say that boot camp starts in pre-K, particularly for African-American males. So we can see, you know, a, a thread, a timeline through history. Let's go one more day. The anniversary is today on May 2nd in 1963. So something that has occurred in many of our lifetimes in our, in our audience, certainly in mine and Dr. Rita Anita's, more than 700 black children. Now imagine in 1963 watching this, if you're a child, a little child living in a black or a brown body, more than 700 black children protesting racial segregation in Birmingham, Alabama, are arrested, blasted by fire hoses, clubbed by police, and attacked by police dogs. So we're coming up on another 100 years, 2022-2023. I'm wondering, will there be another set of headlines that describe our era in terms of atrocities of man's inhumanity and criminality toward man, or can we write a different story? Will it be a different headline? I'm invested in the different headline. However, we are seeing intergenerational trauma and experiences happening today that are tied to that brief, brief, brief snapshot of the past. And I ask that wherever you are, so for those that are watching this from other continents that have 
other centering processes other than being centered in um, American history, what was going on in where you are at that time? And I also just want to take one brief moment to do a land acknowledgement here and ask everyone who's conscious to think back upon whose land are you standing now and to acknowledge that we have not forgotten the indigenous people. I am here in New Jersey on the land of the Lanai Lenape, li literally living down the street from what was a Native American burial ground. Again, unacknowledged in this community. There's no marker that says that that what was once there, just people came and developed the land. There's a bunch of houses up there, right? So no, no, not even any, the mound is still there. So this awareness, and is there, you know, you know, any sort of karmic retribution for not doing that? So anyway, Dr. Rita Anita, please weigh in on that timeline. And what is, what are we trying to create here for 2022 and 2023? So what is interesting and what makes this conversation so timely, Dr. Penn, is just a few days ago, a major member of the legislature pronounced to the world that there has never been any systemic racism here, that there are bad actors. But what is becoming increasingly clear is the ability to do what you just did, which is to demonstrate the facts. We are now living in a society where there's media, where there's social media, where there's news, where there's filmings, where there's cameras going and blinking at all times. So lies and distortions, yes, they're out there, but the truth is out there too. And the truth is based in fact. And there are facts to back up everything that you have said. So what I believe is going to happen is that what is happening now, what we've been seeing over the last 10 years as it relates to all of the atrocities occurring, that's part of our historical America was founded and built on that scaffolding. As a matter of fact, race, there is no such thing as race. It's a social construct which was developed to decide who was white and who was not. So when you talk about the Chinese Exclusionary Act, the actors in the background had determined that they weren't white. So they, you know, we were going to take back what we had given to them. I believe what we're gonna see now is a stronger connection to the past that will expose all of the atrocities and all of the atrocities we've experienced in this country that is not that has not been filmed. Mm. George Floyd is a perfect example of what was filmed. You can bet your bottom dollar without too much supposition that what happened to George Floyd has happened in the past. It just hasn't been filmed. So I believe what we're going to see is we're going to see this range of connections between the different stages, the atrocities, but we're also, because of the media and because now this is all coming up to the surface, we're going to get a deeper sense of people recognizing. And we saw this with the Black Lives Matter marches, how there weren't only Black lives out there. It reminded me of back in the 60s in the civil rights movement where you saw cler white clergy and allies all marching together. That was such a palpable moment for me to see all of these Black Lives Matter folk who were not Black. So I believe we're, both of those things are going to happen, Carol. Both the, the atrocities are going to be better known and better formatted and explained. And we're going to have a, as a result of that, we have a larger segment of our population who are going to join in as allies and accomplices. One thing I want to just say real quickly about the children back in 1963 mm -hmm. in Birmingham, Alabama, those children are very large. Can you imagine mom and pop saying, okay, go ahead and do it. Go mm -hmm. ahead and be out there. The yeah. parents weren't all out there. This was an individual sacrifice 
that sparked community outrage. And many of those children ended up in prison. They were arrested. And how did they, and they were even threatened with non-graduation for those of them that were about to graduate. They were all non-violent. But it is that institutional policy piece that we're gonna talk about that kind of changed the tide and allowed those children to go free and allow the people that hurt them to be held accountable. So we're gonna see yes. both. Yes, and so this is, so you know, all of this, and of course all of this impacts all of our health collectively, whether you live in a white body or a black body, none of us escapes this. It impacts our health mind, body, and spirit. And I know you you and I have our own personal health journeys and stories that we can talk about these triggers that, you know, upstream have had their downstream impact. And so this is why, you know, I'm, I'm cultivating these four levels of awareness. So there's this thing that happens and it happens to you individually. Then the and, and I'm saying this because what I would like the audience to understand is it's kind of like, you know, the cause and effect. You take a, a stone and you let it go. You drop it into a pond and then you notice the concentric circles, how it goes out and how every aspect of that water, that pond is touched. So our behaviors are, are choosing to lean in and step in as well as our, ch our choosing to lean back and step away has an impact and it has an impact on the individual and it has an impact on everybody you touch. So, you know, nothing is really done in secret. Nothing is really done in the dark. You know, the universe is all knowing. So I just, you know, wanted to remind people, let's see, we have a statement here from Miss Rebecca. There is a line in a song from the musical Wicked that basically says that history is written by the dominating culture. What is happening now is a class of perceptions of history and what is, and social media is a driving force. Yes, Miss Rebecca. That's very, very, very true. That's very, very true. And note, I've, Dr. Rita Anita Linger has so generously given us a way to contact her. She, you know, this what this woman does is so vast. She's certainly available for speaking engagement. She's available to answer questions. So, you know, I, I always ask my guests to make a way of contacting them available so that you can engage with them in the um, appropriate manner in the way that they would like to receive you. So I'm going to just share a, a, a little something here. And this is um, from a book called Black Fatigue by Mary Frances Winters. And the subtitle is How Racism Erodes the Mind, Body and Spirit. And one of the things that we see, so it's not just about these atrocities that make the headlines, right? So, you know, the knee and the neck of George Floyd, but it's also about the crushing physical and emotional toll of dealing with a constant stream of racist acts and attitudes from the clueless to the cruel to the criminal. So Dr. Rita Anita, how do you feel, this is a two-edged sword, how do you feel that it impacts black and brown bodies globally? And how do you feel it impacts those that don't live in a black or brown body globally? What a good point to begin building awareness around. So one of the things that happens within our community that even individual members with chronic disease and heart disease and all kinds of other ailments don't always recognize that the external environment, what they, what they experience on a regular basis has an impact on their bodily functions, has an impact on how they see the world and how they see the world has an impact on a variety of factors. There's something called social determinants of health where researchers and scientists got together within Black communities to look at this very issue. 
if you if you look at this research, you'll see that primarily African Americans have the highest rate of heart disease, chronic disease, um, cancers, diabetes, type two diabetes, uh, and all other kinds of ailments, but primarily heart disease, number one. And when you think about heart disease and you think about the rates of, of disease among African-Americans, scientists started looking at the way in which they intersected with the things that occur in their lives. Racism was at the top of the list because as Rebecca said, when you're not part of the dominant culture, your agency has been taken from you. And we have historical trauma to look at. We have a legacy, as Dr. Penn said, of, of, of lynchings, of murders, of having things taken from us. This impacts how we move in the world today. And when we think about access to the things that we need to go up Maslow's hierarchy of needs to self-actualization, those things are not there for so many of us. You talk about the prison um, prison pipeline. So that's what we have. Not We don't have good schools. And this is kind of going into the institutional policy piece, but it all matters. Mm -hmm. And so how it lands in my body, if I'm constantly upset and I'm nervous, I don't have a job, I can't get an apartment, I've been incarcerated. I'm, I'm doing the right thing now, but yet I still don't have an opportunity for a job to take care of my family. I, I, am, I am going to really begin to experience it, some physical ramifications of this, primarily as heart disease. Then I'm driven to eat things. I live in a food desert. How am I going to get good food? It's all of these little intersectionalities along with the stress, and stress is also number one in heart disease and all kinds of illnesses. So because we don't have access to the things that we need in many of these communities, this is how it shows up, it shows up in our bodies. It shows up in our health. It shows up in our mental health, which many in the African community, African-American community do not want to discuss. We're supposed to be strong warriors. So it's hard to kind of share that part of ourselves with others. But all of those things that we're not sharing and we're not talking about has a huge implication on our health and on our well-being. And what we're hearing now from the impacted population is that I feel voiceless. I feel powerless. I feel that I'm not being heard and I'm getting sicker. Yes. So that's just one little piece to it, Dr. Penn. Absolutely. And again, you see this, but you, do you, does everyone who's watching and you see the thread, how it goes through? We are all interconnected. One of the great disservices that has been done uh, to us psychologically on a global level is this idea of separation. There is no separation. So I'm not going to read this long. You can see it's very long, but Miss Martha is talking about the Japanese internment camps and, you know, what that did again. So this, you know, anti-Asian it is not, that's not, it's not anything new. It's something that was, was legislated, that was written at the legislative at the policy level. So yes, if you were hauled off to an internment camp, that impacted you individually and impacted your community and it impacted your institutions and if there was policy level involvement. So, you know, we need to be about the business of creating humanity, love, centeredness, and connected it within the self. And then we need to take it into our communities, immediate and extended family. Then we need to take it into our institutions. Then we need to take it into our government so that love becomes centered at the policy level. The interconnected web becomes centered at the policy level. And this, I believe, is a page we could take from the notebook of many indigenous policies 
because they centered community at the policy level. So here we, we've got we've got people alive, awake, and well. And here we have, oh yes, I'm gonna talk about welcome, Miss Susan Jenkins is a fellow journeyer in transformation and transformation. So Miss Rebecca is saying Maslow's hierarchy of needs is actually stolen from Native American philosophies and he changed it and claimed it as his own. So I, I will say something about that. Just This is a conversation for a longer time, but that's not exactly accurate. There was a relationship and we can talk about this at another time. But I but, you know, what what's really important is that as an individual to be able to identify what is happening for us on an individual level to be as Rebecca is doing now. She's sharing the information she has. We cannot have discourse in community, enlighten and learn from one another in community if on an individual basis, we aren't learning, we aren't exploring, we aren't becoming aware. That needs to be infectious. So on an individual basis, if I am learning, if I can speak to you about my reality and my truth and my experience, and I can take that into community, and kind of check with other people, what are you experiencing? What do you believe? Then we can come together and that's where the power lies for community action and community change is when, oh my God, I'm not alone. I am not alone. There, You are having similar experiences as I am. I have seen this work as a community advocate in my life over and over and over again is when the individuals come together and say to the community, are you experiencing this too? Then you open a path for problem solving. You open a path for unity and connection that you don't have to go this journey alone, that you're now in community with people who are going to move toward institutional change because we're not one, we're unified, we're together and pulling in your non-Black allies or your allies who are not of color into this, creating that understanding for them as well. And then when you move into that institutional level, there's nothing that you can't talk about within that level because institutional systemic racism, we're looking at what's happening to Asian Americans and who are the, who are the perpetrators. They're perpetrators of all colors engaging in this behavior against Asian people. And so to be able to take this experience, to talk about it within community, to go then into institutions, have these group focus groups are a powerful way within institutions to affirm what's happening, to confirm what's happening and to push out what isn't truth. Then you take from the institutions and you say, okay, so now here's what we have come up with in our focus groups, in our listening sessions. And now let's begin to form some policies. Let's pull legislators from the left, legislators from the right, policy decision makers, gatekeepers, the attorney general, the mayor, the governor. Let's pull them together and let's have a dialogue. Let's talk about what needs to change. That's how true change occurs. And that's how it occurred historically. We have a long way to go, but we've come a long way. And it, it that change has come about through this process. My issue is your issue. Your issue is my issue. As Dr. Penn said, we are all one people. We are all human beings. Yes. So that's, that's, that's a way that we can create some movement toward change, sustainable change, not temporary change, sustainable change, laws change, laws. They gave us 40 acres and a mule and took it back. They said, you know, union soldiers get out there and fight and we ended up give, getting killed. So, I mean, there's things can change, but our tenacity, our belief systems, our faith and what we know to be true the accomplices who are in the struggle with us, those things don't change. They just grow and burgeon up and they become stronger. 
And I think that's going to be part of our legacy too, Dr. Penn. I do. I just saw such a beautiful image of a tree as you did that and you made your gesture. I want to um, introduce a couple of more thoughts and ideas. And then I'd like to interject a body practice here. So my new friend, Miss Susan Jenkins, she is having a summit this week, the Illuminated Summit. I'm a guest speaker on her summit. I would love for you, Miss Jenkins, if you would drop some information yes. into the chat about the summit. I always encourage and invite um, you know, my audience to take advantage. Again, we're building a beloved community. This is about interconnected. Don't you all want to be involved in a community with the likes of a Dr. Renita Link Linger, with the likes of a Miss Susan Jenkins? You know, this is how we learn. This is what this forum is about. And as Susan is saying, Miss Susan is saying, growing and burgeoning up live, right? Right, right, right. So very, very important. Miss Sharon is saying learning, exploring, awareness. Yes, yes, yes. Opening up a path for community and connection. And boy, it's like, does she have some powerful speakers on the summit coming up this week? I'll be talking about that all on my morning madness uh, meditation in a, t a time of madness morning show. So Miss Victoria, who's home in Gambia, home on all of our mother, the continent of Africa. Yes, black fatigue. I'm exhausted. But if my ancestors felt that way, I wouldn't be occupying the space I am in. Coming back home definitely helped me get back on track. Visiting the cemetery to sit by the graves of my ancestors sitting on the beach at sunrise and then sunset, listening to stories have all helped me reconnect and get a much needed boost. Ooh. I'm so bad. Amen. 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 Yes. Victoria. Yes. yes. Isn't that, you know, that beautiful, you know, I'm feeling I need to go, I need to visit the continent. Um, yes. this year. It's, it's, it's been too long. It's been too long. What a gift, right? What a gift of our ancestors have given to us. Yes. You know, that yes. they have, they, and she said, you know, I'm, I'm tired, I'm fatigued, but I, they kept going, they kept going and they've imbued that within us, in our DNA. We have that strength. We have that ability. We have that tenacity to keep moving forward just as they did. Yes. Us. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So here I'm going to put this information on the screen. I want everyone take a screenshot of this inner illumination summit.com inner illumination summit.com. I'm encouraging everyone on this call so Sir Aubrey, Sir Patrick, Dr. Wu, our gentlemen that are on the call and our wonderful queens that are on the call, please, please, please. And I always tell people, even if you only listen to but one lecture, you only hear one uh, different point of view and you learn about someone you had never heard of before. And if it's helping to shift the conversation to create to, to really knit together the holes in the fabric of the interconnected web of all of life. From the beginning of time, this web is endless. If it's helping to dispel the illusion of separateness, then you need to be there. You need to hear that lecture. You need to hear that presentation. And we don't know how it's going to come in. We don't know... Um, how it's going to come in. And yes, Mr. Clifton, if we, if we all would have that opportunity to go back to our roots, bless you, Victoria. All right. All right. All right. All right. Yes. Love my interview with Dr. Penn on the inner illumination summit. Thank you for that. All right. And we have good morning and welcome Kieran. So, so you see Dr. Rita Anita, this truly is an international audience. We've got Canada on, we have got uh, Gambia on, we have got Germany on, and now we have Pakistan on. So a global reach, global, global reach. And I'm so excited they're meeting you today. <laughs> I am so excited to meet all of these wonderful 
healers in their own way. Yes. You know? Yes. And just yes. our interaction and community with other people, the fact that they're here for this broadcast and they follow you speaks to their awareness and they're wanting to help and be of service. It's beautiful. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, and Miss Maya says, don't forget, we've got Puerto Rico too. Yes. Puerto Rico. Yes. Yes, we do. Yes. Global outreach and connection. So true. So true. And this is from Dr. Rafaela in Germany. So yes, yes, yes. Very, very, very powerful. And again, I'm just going to leave this up here for a few more moments. I want people to go get yourself registered, get this information. All right. I said, I promise I do a practice. Let's go ahead. Let's take a nice deep collective breath in. Take a deep collective breath in. Ah, let it out with a sigh. The eyes can be opened or closed. And just be aware, just be aware of, are you able to center yourself in your body? Do you feel like you're leaning a little bit more to the right or a little bit more to the left? And see if you can take the breath and just center yourself in the body. And soften, soften the shoulders. Become aware of sensations that are arising, even thoughts that are bubbling up. Go back, take another breath in. Now what I'd like you to do is gently lean back. Lean back as far as you can lean comfortably. And just notice, do you notice a sense of leaning into something or someone what sensations are arising as you lean back and understand this is your lineage back there that you are leaning into. So this is the lineage. This is the legacy. It's being aware of leaning back into that, knowing that there is a support there. That is your lineage. And think of all that that is connected to individually, on the community level, on the institutional level, and on the policy level. Breathe in and breathe out now and let's shift. And notice as you shift and come through center, now lean forward. Lean forward. What are you leaning into What are you leaning into? What do you want to lean into? What do you want to lean into? Breathe in and exhale. What do you want to lean into for 2022, for 2023? Bring yourself back to center. Let's take a nice deep collective collective breath in through the nose and exhale, exhale, exhale. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. (laughs) So we're going to talk about those other levels in a moment. We have a a uh, reflection so Miss Martha's been following and the same in exploring nature by digging at family history and in encouraging family members to gather documents. Yes, being concerned about the um, environment, about life and the planet and being encouraged in that we are not all involved enough in community and advocating to keep our world intact. Please register to vote. Well said, well said. Um, So from Dr. Wu, co-mingling our roots can propel us forward and build bonds that prepare us for the waves ahead. The fact we are here is a win-win. Thanks and all this confluence of empowerment. Yes. And so, you know, it's really interesting. Of course, Dr. Wu is my husband, Mr. D.M. Jones. Uh, So this is a man, a person of color living in a black body. But what a lot of people, you know, from the outside looking in, you can't tell, you know, he's yes, Yes, quite an, an international person, you know, born, born in France, raised in Germany, raised in the United, different areas of the United States. 
but DM also has Korean ancestry and Russian ancestry. So, you know, this is, you know, what, what these influences, all this comes forward in him. And, you know, we just go around looking at each other. We have no idea of the story. We have no, and the impact, the potential impact of that and what we might be missing in our unfounded assumptions about a person. So this is a point that I'd like us to discuss. That, and, 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 and part of this is from my reading and my research, The Politics of Trauma by Stacey K. Haynes. And Ms. Haynes is encouraging us to look beyond individual experiences of body and, and mind to name and examine the social, political, and economic roots of trauma, including racism, environmental degradation, sexism, and poverty. And this, we're reminded of this in Ms. Martha's comments and reflection. And and, and, and what I think we're doing in this conversation, which is helping our viewers to identify, understand, and address these sources of trauma to help us bridge individual healing with social transformation. So, all right, Dr. Rita Nita, teach us, school us up on the community level. What can we do at the community level? What can we do at the institutional level? And then what can we do as on the policy level, because whether you know it or not, you're impacting all those levels and sometimes having a negative impact by not, by not being conscious about yes. your impact. Yes. And that consciousness piece is the most important piece because when we think about, as I said before, the intersectionality of all of this trauma, okay? So you're looking at the, the issue. racism is right up there. That's one of the bigger ones, but we also have access to care. We have issues around poverty, issues around education, housing, school. If you live in a community that, and so many Americans don't know this, is astounding to me. That's why these your show, and these topics are so critically important to educating people is that if you live in a poor community, um, you're not going to get access to the level of education because of the taxes that you're not able to pay as someone who lived in a better, in a better uh, socioeconomic community. And how is that over the long term going to impact that child going to school? they're going to fall far below. So we're looking at the intersectionality. Not only are we looking at race, but we're looking at the ability to make a living. We're looking at where we live. Do we live in a food desert? Can we have access to good care, good food? These are things that are often overlooked in communities that don't have access to care. And when I say access to care, and one of the things that Dr. Penn and I do and understand well is the issue of health and health drives everything in our bodies and mind. So if we're not healthy, we're not gonna feel good. Our mental health is going to be impacted. So it's all of these things that we have to consider. And you know, somebody said to me, well, you know, I don't understand. People have Medicaid cards. Why don't they just go to the doctor and see the doctor? Well, are the bus line, are there buses in my community? Because many of the people I serve don't have cars. How are they going to get to that doctor's appointment? When they finally get to the doctor's appointment, I'm, I'm looking at now the issue around, Dr. Penn, the issue around these vaccines and access to vaccines. And where do I go to get one? How far do I have to drive? So it's all about this. You might have a Medicaid card, but there's other extenuating circumstances that can keep you from being healthy and well. Also, you know, what about your community? The issues in your community around acknowledging. I also do a lot of work within HIV and AIDS, you know, community and issues. Acknowledging, making people feel welcome enough to talk. So taking that individual understanding sharing that out within your community, galvanizing your community. I'm a mother who has lost two children. I had some decisions to make. The decisions that I had to make was, am I going to keep this pain to myself? What am I going to do 
to galvanate my community because there are other people in community who are losing children. What can I do to support them? That's the mindset that we have to have because in the long run, once you ignite that match and you ignite that connection between community, regardless of ethnic background, you're going to have a force to be reckoned with. And I believe that's what we saw in the Black Lives Matter movement that has taken place over the last, because once I understand that your journey in many ways is my journey, that I'm able to identify what is important, the community is ignited, and then the question becomes, what do we do now with what we know? And then we bring, we, what are the institutions that serve as the gatekeeper to access to issues around poverty, to issues around mass incarceration, to issues around healthcare, to everything that we're dealing, police, uh, police brutality, racist killings of all kinds. What do we do with the information that we have? Now, shall we get mad? Absolutely, righteous indignation is a good thing, but we need to learn how to respond versus react. And as a community come together, identify which institutions are the gatekeepers to access and plan. This takes works, folks. This takes <laughs> work. You can't have change without, just look at our past. Look at the 60s, Martin Luther King, Dorothy Cotton, all of those people who sat down and planned, how are we going to do this? And to my non-Black friends, let me tell you, don't hesitate to come to any of us and ask us questions. What can we do to help? Because I'm going to tell you what you can do to help. I'm not shy with that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say, this is what we need. Come to these meetings. Go to that summit that's coming up. You know, educate yourselves. I'm happy to help you, but you need to educate yourselves too. They become part of that community. And yeah. then we start approaching those institutions. And then we can start like indigenous people do to create our own policies and bring those forward to the yes. people that will green stamp it. We, these are the policies that we'd like to see happen. And I'm watching the current president right now, regardless of what political affiliation you're from, I'm looking at his list of things that he's checking off. He is having this holistic approach to dealing with issues of poverty, to dealing with issues in, of community, of figuring out how we're gonna pay for things. How did he come to that? Did he come to all of these things on his own? No, he was informed by community. He was informed by the various communities from indigenous communities, Asian communities, African-American communities and others. This is where we are, this is what we need and we'd like to see. And these are the policy recommendations that we are bringing forth. Take a look at them, let's discuss them, and let's move. But we can't get anywhere unless there is a connection, unless there is a knowing. And I always talk about what our ancestors have gone through to get us where we are. If you think they didn't suffer, if you think they didn't have issues with their mental health, and by us being a beacon of light during this time, we are healing our ancestors backwards. We are healing our ancestors backwards. So we are the beacon of light. We are the ones that need to come together. As Maya Angelou has always said, we are more alike than unalike. Yes. And so your individual community, it's all connected. Individual community, institutions, and policies. Don't wait for somebody to create a policy. Be innovative. There are so many different policies within my work over the last 40 years that I see in place now because I pulled our community together, listened to the voices, had the listening sessions, had the focus group and said, this is our strategy and moving that forward. But there has to be that awareness. There has to be that awareness and that connection to move things forward. Absolutely. Beautiful. Beautifully said. We could probably just talk forever. We've got an engaged audience. So Miss Myra is saying, yes, I am the PR delegate from Academic of Dietetics. And we have a virtual meeting. Um, the dialogue is about um, microaggressions in the profession and how we treat others and how 
uh, the House of Delegates Change the Mind for Inclusion, Respect, Diversity, and Openness in Nutrition. So yes, when and where you are planted, do the work. Amen. Do the work. So yes. thank you for doing that. And again, to your other point, it's not easy, but Frederick Douglass says everybody wants the garden, but to have the garden, you got to get out there and you got to shake things up. Representative Congressman Lewis said you got to make good trouble. You got to make good trouble. So Miss Victoria is saying the four P's, perspiration. Yes, you got to dig it up. Persistence. Yes. Faith, focus and finish. You got to keep moving. Perseverance. Yes, you must persist and persevere. And my motto is faith, focus and finish. So when I lose my focus, I got to go back to what I want to do. What I want to do is I want to finish the race. And when I get in doubt about my ability, I need to lean on my faith. I need to lean on my faith. So yes, indeed, yes. And, and if I can just add one more thing, Dr. Yeah. Carroll, to, to Victoria's statement. And I loved how she mentioned all of those P things, right? And the last one was prayer. My Irish uh, mother-in-law used to say, pray to God, but keep rowing toward the shore. You know, so yes. <laughs> prayer is just one piece of what we have to do. We have to yes. do the work. All of these things are about activity and engagement. Right. You know, it's like you can miss your blessing too. sitting there saying, well, you know, because you've got this pre preconceived notion of what it's supposed to look like. And the other piece, yes, get involved with your infinity group. So sometimes white body people need to be be about white po uh, white body people center this and talk about it with people who look like you, Asian body people, black body people, whatever body people, pink body people, transgender body people, and then come from within your affinity group to come together, keep showing it up, bringing it back to the plate, bringing it back to the plate. So Mr. Clifton is saying, excellent program, so informative, I thank you both. We are grateful for to you for tuning in because you all and your engagement make it a show. Yes, Miss Martha, trauma does start in childhood and everyone is entitled to have their own feelings and opinions. So sorry for the loss of your children, Dr. Rita and Nita. Possibly God needed two angels to help you advocate and be at peace. And, you know, you know, one of the things um, that I have to say and one of the that I so love about Dr. Rita and Nita, and we've got like three minutes left, is that you had lost one child, a daughter prior to our meeting, and then you lost a son during the time of our friendship. And I watched how you, how, again, when I said do that exercise, when you leaning back against, I watched you both lean back on the wings of your community, acting as an individual, then as a community member, then on the institutional and a policy, bringing that awareness forward. It didn't mean that you didn't have the grief, but I watched you walk with the twins of grief and gratitude which had helped me on my journey and my losses. And then I also watch you lean in and lean forward and gather a community towards you. And so last word, why is it important for people to move from allyship into being an accomplice during this time? Yes, thank you, Dr. Penn. Um, I'm, I'm in the process of writing a book called The Empathetic Accomplice. Because an ally, although wonderful, has a distance between, you know, what is actually happening. They support you, they love you, but they're not in it with you 100%. The difference between an ally and accomplice is you're my, sh you're my shadow. You're there in the thick of it. You're empathetic. You feel the pain, you feel the suffering, and you want to do what is necessary to make change. So if we can all move toward the accomplice status, things will go, we'll be more connected. It's that tapestry, that thread that you can't rend, that it's a forever tapestry. And that's what we're looking at because if one of us is in trouble, we're all in trouble. Yes. So that's that's it, That's that's my final word. Oh, well, thank you so much for being a guest. We hope now y'all remember 
Please share this with your community. Sharing is caring. Remember that Weightless in Mind, Body, and Spirit is a podcast available wherever you listen to your podcast. So widely available. Be sure to listen. Be sure to let your community know. And we are excited that you were here. I will see everybody tomorrow morning on Meditation in a Time of Madness the morning show. And yes, we are going to come on over to the Illuminated Summit. And we are so glad that you are in this rich tapestry with us, with us, with us. I'm going to ask Kenny Brazil. No, I'm sorry. I'm not going to ask Kenny anything this morning, but I'm going to go ahead and sign out. You'll be hearing that my beautiful theme song tomorrow morning. Be sure to register for the Illuminated Summit. Be sure to be back here tomorrow morning. It's our final week of the season, which will accumulate next Sunday on Weightless and Mind, Body, and Spirit with my Mother's Day panel. I'm having a fabulous Mother's Day panel. Yes, 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 yes. So we are um, going on out of here and we've got lots of gratitude and thank you. And I'm going to ask if Dr. Rita Nita, will you meet me backstage in the green room as I end today's broadcast? Definitely. All right. Thank you.